This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. This is Raise Your Game. I'm Christine Wong. Oftentimes, leaders may feel enormous amounts of pressure, whether it's in how to position themselves as leaders, or how well they're doing in leading their team, or feeling like they have to do it all alone. That is where leadership coaching firm Brandhart comes in, and I have founder and CEO Glenn Campbell on the line with me to talk us through all things leadership. So my name is Glenn Campbell. I founded um, the BSI method about 15 years ago, and that stands for Best Self-Identity Method. Really, it's a unique approach to personal branding. And the reason I focus on personal branding, because it's just so crucial for leaders to be self-aware. And if you really know anything about the fundamentals of leaders, you'll know that one of the key things that makes a really remarkable leader is self-awareness, that expanded consciousness. And to be self-aware, you really need to know who you are and why you're here first before your organisation. So, you know, answering those primordial questions that everybody that have plagued humanity for time immemorial, who am I and why am I here? And this is a crucial, um, you know, it's crucial for leaders to know and understand um, the, the answers to those questions personally to be a remarkable leader. And especially in these times, Christine, I mean, there's never been more chaos in the world, has there? There's never been more confusion and, um, you know, dynamic change that, you know, the foundational things of society are crumbling as we speak. And so therefore leaders need to spend more time internally to be to have internal certainty when everything external is uncertain. Because I can tell you something, you cannot battle external uncertainty with internal uncertainty. There's just going to be more uncertainty. And so it's crucial right now, more than ever before, that the leader is internally certain. And that that's really where personal branding comes in. And the, the context of the personal branding that I'm talking about is really their personal vision their core purpose and the unique identity. And when a leader has that level of clarity and focus first, then they can transmute that into their organisational brand, their organisational positioning. And it cre creates this incredible symbiosis between the leader and the organisational brand, the leadership brand and the organisational brand. But you really must start with the leadership brand first. Mm. So following on from that, what are some misconceptions of what uh, personal branding means? Oh, there's a lot. Um, there's a lot of people out there who will tell you it's your image, um, you know, how you look, you know, how you dress, uh, how you present yourself, how you speak. Um, that's not true. There's a lot of people out there that will tell you it's your personality. Of course, your personality is simply one aspect of your personal brand. And in fact, it's the aspect that allows you to express your personal brand, how you express it um, in your personal traits. Um, there's a lot of people out there that think it's got to do with your CV and how you actually create your CV and make yourself look on paper, your experience. And of course, your personal brand is not your experience. And so there's a lot of people out there who think that it's their title or their role or the organisation they work with. You know, a great many leaders I work with have their um, identity attached to their role or their title. 
And, you know, I find this a lot when I ask leaders, I say, well, you know, my first question with leaders is, tell me about yourself. Tell me who you are and tell me a little, let me know a little bit about who you are. The first thing they say is, well, my name is Glenn Campbell and I'm the CEO of. And so they attach their identity to their title. And so what happens when the title is gone or what happens when the organisation is gone, which is a lot of this is happening now, people find that they've lost their identity because they're no longer attached to that title or that organisation or that role anymore. And so you can't attach an identity to anything external or any of those things. Really, your identity is a combination of what your personal why is. You know, you hear Simon Sinek talking about this all the time, don't you? It starts with the why. And it starts with the personal why, not the organisational why. It starts with the leader's why. And so that is the, the why to me in my language is the personal vision. What is that higher north star that you're heading yourself towards? You know, why are you here on this planet? Why did you come here in the first place? And each and every person, um, every leader, has their own individual why. That's why they can't be classified. Um, and that's why I have a major problem with personality archetyping or personality um, classifications because, you know, you cannot possibly answer 255-point Likert scale questions and be classified into somebody else's predetermined categorization. It's like you are this kind of person now. This is your personality. This is who you are. Absolutely not. Every single person, Christine, you, me, every single person on this planet is in like their fingerprint. They're an individual, a force of one. And so the work that I do with leaders is to dig in there and rediscover who that person really is and get that understanding of what their, you know, higher vision is, their higher purpose and their unique identity. And there's a number of attributes or elements that constitute that. Mm. So I assume that that is using the BSI method, uh, which stands for best self-identity, right? I mean, take me through that really quick. Uh, there's three stages of the best self-identity method, and I have this um, streamed as online video programs, and that's what I put the leaders through, uh, as well as that fused with personal coaching from me. The two work um, significantly better than just one or the other. And so there's three stages in the BSI method. Stage one is um, called becoming self-aware. And so remember, I was talking to you about the foundation of, you know, the identity is being is elevating self-awareness. And that first stage is really a process of self-discovery. I take leaders back into who they really are and why they're here now. And so, you know, from any strategic uh, work, you'll say, well, the first thing we do in strategic work is to find out where we are now. Where are we now? What's the starting point? And so what I do with leaders is I say, well, let's work out where your level of awareness is now. Stage two is the discovery of their true best self-identity or their true personal brand. And so therein we do, that's the coaching session I do with them where I work with them one-on-one -on -one to understand who they really are and why they're here. That's the big, the, the, the answers to those big questions, the why and the who. You know, it's easy to do what and how, what and how. Is, most leaders do what and how, they live in what and how. And that's an operational existence. I elevate them out of the what and how and into the why and the who. And so that's where that really important work of one-on-one -on -one work is 
to discover their best self-identity, their personal brand. And stage three is really what I call progressive actualization. And that's where, you know, Christine, we get the conscious intentions or the conscious knowledge um, aligned or coherent with the subconscious mind or what I call the non-conscious mind. Because with many people, they have conscious intentions, but their belief systems housed in their non-conscious mind are not in agreement, which means I'd really like to do this, but there's a belief that says, well, no, you know, that's not what we believe. And so what I do is I have the... Um, the understanding or the discovery of their true higher self, their, their personal brand, turned into belief systems in their subconscious mind. And so we get this kind of whole-mindedness or single-mindedness or co coherence between the conscious intentions and the subconscious beliefs. And what happens when that happens is you have somebody who becomes whole. They become their the true higher version of their true higher self, what I call their source self. And when leaders do that, um, you see this kind of massive transformation, Christine, happen. It's like they just really know and understand. They, be, they go into this state of knowingness. And so their intuitive powers massively increase uh, their their emotional intelligence or EQ massively increases their, their conscious mass consciousness massively expands and they, as a result of these things, they become vastly better leaders, in fact, vastly better human beings. Mm. It kind of sounds almost like it's sort of subconscious chiropractic, right? I mean, you know, you're sort of snapping things into place and making things align really with what, you know, intrinsically motivates a person with what actually uh, pushes them forward and making that align with their inbuilt belief system as well. And once it's all aligned, that will reflect on the way that they go through life, right? Because, you know, then everything is sort of will work towards the same purpose. What a great way of putting it. That's a beautiful summary, Christine. Actually, that's exactly what's happening. We're getting the discovery of their true higher self, their personal brand, aligned with their conscious, subconscious mind. And this is one of the biggest problems that happens with people in life is they consciously intend to do something, but then when the non-conscious mind or the subconscious mind is not in agreement, when the belief systems, you know, most of which, by the way, were imprinted in the ages of zero to seven, they call those the imprinting years. Um, from a psychological point of view, they're the imprinting years. And most people never change their beliefs from when they were a child. And so what's happened, what, you know, the best example I can give you here of this is when um, it's kind of like saying, well, I've got this MacBook Pro computer that has got the 101 operational system working. And so now I want to do all this sophisticated work on this 101 operational system. It's not going to work, is it? I mean, the computer's going to crash. And so what we've got, um, you know, happening around the world, especially now in uh, such chaos and confusion and uncertainty, is people's operating systems are crashing because the old belief systems that they relied on, they relied on and that allowed them to live in certain times is not allowing them to live in uncertain times. And so a vast majority of leaders have got outdated, outmoded, archaic belief systems that are not allowing them to function as leaders in these, these kind of really difficult times. And so what we need to do 
is update the programming, Christine, which is what you were talking about. And so how do you update the programming? Well, you've got to have a really good program that you reprogram into the the system, right? And so the system is the subconscious mind. And so what do I do? I help them to discover the true programming. I help them to get that programming. And so what is that vision? What is that core purpose? What is that unique identity? And now let's program that into the subconscious mind so that we have conscious subconscious mind coherence or alignment. You know, that kind of you know subconscious chiropractic uh, that you were talking about so beautifully. What a great, what a great expression! I'll use that, by the way. Um, and so that's what's that's what we're doing. That's really the work that I'm doing, is aligning the subconscious mind. So upgrading the operating system, the subconscious operating system, to new and better beliefs that are going to work now. And when you have that, you have a leader that you know whatever's going on externally, it doesn't really matter, because they're in a position of calmness, of resourcefulness. They're in a, they're, they move out of fear. And so they no longer live in fear states. They no longer live in um, uncertainty. And so then they become, you know, um, empowered to battle external uncertainty with internal certainty. And what a powerful place to be in. Mm. You know, they, they, they literally... Um, then what happens is those leaders start to, you know, morph that into their organisational brand, which morphs into their organisational culture. So can you imagine a culture that is looking to their leader for guidance and support? And imagine on one hand, if you've got a leader who doesn't have conscious and non-conscious uh, alignment, well, it's going to be chaos. You're going to have a culture that is living in fear, uncertainty. They're going to be, they're not going to be a productive culture. Uh, they're not going to be aligned. It's you're going to have an organisation that is in a lot of trouble. However, you know the work that I do with leaders is once we get that conscious discovery of their personal brand, their unique higher self, with their subconscious mind, they become empowered to be whole. They become fearless. They become courageous. They become enthusiastic and optimistic. They're actually working from a position of love, rather than fear. Mm. And so this then spreads energetically through the organization, which which creates energetic alignment in the cultures. And so then the culture becomes unstoppable. And so then you have an organization that is empowered to succeed as opposed to an organization that's in a state of chaos. And, you know, look around, um, Christine, most organizations and most leaders are in states of chaos. Yeah. And how can you possibly serve your customers and your clients when you've got that internal disharmony? Mm. It doesn't work. Absolutely. It all comes from the leader. Absolutely. Well, it's time to take a short break for some messages. But after that, I will continue my conversation with Glenn Campbell, founder and CEO of Brian Hart and the founder of the BSI Method. We'll be talking all about leadership and the BSI Method as well. After this, you're listening to Raise Your Game on BFM 89.9. Budding Fresh Ministers. BFM 89.9. The Business Station. Raise 
Your Game. I'm Christine Wong, and today on the line with me is Glenn Campbell. He's the founder and CEO of Brand Heart, which is a leadership coaching firm, and he's also the founder of the BSI Method, which is the best self-identity method, which helps you live a fulfilling and prosperous life as your authentic higher self. Before the break, we talked a little bit about that method and exactly what it does, which we've agreed is a sort of subconscious chiropractic idea. So uh, now I would love, uh, if you could, Glenn, to share with us maybe the story of a leader that has gone through this process with you. Ah, yes. Well, uh, one comes to mind, a guy that I've just finished working with, who uh, his name is Tim. I'll just give you his first name. Uh, he's the chief executive founder and owner of a $2 billion company uh, based in New York, a, a very big company. And um, Tim was referred to me by a client, a, a woman leader who was based in San Diego in the US. And I helped her move out of uh, a Fortune 500 company, a corporate um, position, and into starting her own entrepreneurial business, uh, which, by the way, now is a seven-figure business after 18 months. And so she referred Tim to me. Tim was a friend. Uh, Tim got in touch with me. We had a chat. And he said, well, um, you know, I've been – Sally told me I had to talk to you, Glenn because you can help me. And so I said, okay, Tim. And so we got to uh, talking and we found out uh, where Tim was. Tim was in a lot of trouble. Um, he had massive problems with his culture. Uh, he had massive problems at home uh, in his family. Um, he, he was basically estranged from his wife, estranged from his daughter. Um, he didn't really know his 16-year-old daughter at all. Um, she just literally didn't give him the time of day. Um, and the, one of the reasons was I found was that he was always at work. He was always working. The other things I found about him were that he was pretty much a, a tyrant as a leader. He uh, had learnt and relied on the command and control leadership style. And so really he motivated through fear. Uh, he used passive aggressive behaviour. This all came out of a, a one-hour discussion with him. He used passive aggressive behaviour. Uh, every time he walked around, whenever he did walk around the office, which was quite rare, um, everybody cowered, uh, was scared of him. Uh, you could see you could see that uh, was happening. Uh, he felt it was happening, but he felt that's the way. That's the only way he knew how to lead. And so we went. We started the program. Uh, we did, of course, the whole thing uh, on Zoom, which uh, is where I work with most leaders now across the world. And um, I saw really immediately that Tim was very open to change. He knew he had to change because he, he, you know, when he faced the reality of his situation, he knew that in his business life and his personal life, things weren't going well. And he knew he had a lot of opportunity to grow in his business as well. And so we went through the process and after about um, working with him for about four to six weeks, I just saw this incredible transformation in Tim because Tim knew he needed to improve and he was very open to change and he embraced change. So while um, we had some very robust discussions about the content that I was taking him through, and I didn't expect, I don't expect anybody to just, you know, passively accept everything. Um, I really like to be challenged on the content and how it works for people in their particular situation. And so we moved through a lot of those discussions um, and Tim uh, we discovered Tim's true higher self, his personal vision, which means he moved from becoming a command and from being a command and control leader to being a visionary leader. And then I taught him how to be a visionary coaching based leader. 
which if you know the six leadership styles, is the most effective leadership style, the visionary coaching-based leader. So once we found Tim's personal vision, he then employed me to find his organisational vision, which was aligned. And so then um, we went. he started moving into the company and talking to his board of directors and his chairman. He was the chief executive. He had a different person as a chairman, a woman actually. And then he started talking about what he wanted the organize his personal vision, his new identity, who he really was, authentically was. Um, and then he started to transmute that into the organizational identity, which was embraced by the by the leadership team. And so um, then he started moving around the organization in a way where he'd walk he'd walk through the organization. And when he saw people carrying, he'd walk up and say, how are you going today? What are you working on? What can, is there anything I can help you with? And people were, were astounded by his new approach to leadership because he did that thing called MBWA. You probably heard about that, Christine. Um, I think Abraham Lincoln invented that, managing by walking around. And so he spent a lot more time walking around and talking to people, asking what he could do to help them. Um, spending personal time with them, actually finding out who they are and you know what they thought of the job, and he got this massive feedback. And this kind of went through the organisation because he had two and a half thousand. He has two and a half thousand people work with him. It went through the organisation like wildfire. Everybody was talking about what Tim was doing, and you know they they couldn't believe the transformation. In fact, I'll tell you something. Um, his personal assistant rang me one day personally and um, I'd spoken to her a few times before because we were always connecting on the phone and I'd go through her and she said, I don't know what you've done to Tim, but it's like there's this incredible change in the organisation for the better. Everybody's happy to come to work. Productivity is going up. She said, even our bottom line is increasing. She said, we're 5% up. Tim may not have told you, but we're 5% up on last quarter in revenue and our profit is increasing as well. And so now that's that's a part of the story. This is continuing to happen with Tim because Tim has employed me to continue to coach him one-on-one personally, right? Now, here's, an, here's another massive change that happened in Tim. Tim is, is um, reforming his relationship with his wife and daughter. And so he actually rang me excited and said, um, my wife and I are going out on date night once a week. And she's really happy. She gets dressed up and she we really have a good time. And he said, I'm actually spending time with my daughter. She actually likes me. He said, I think she likes me again. Uh, which is incredible stuff, you know. Tim was literally, um, you know, he was teary-eyed with me on the phone saying, Glenn, you know, just me making these changes and getting back to my heart-led, my heart-led self, you know, because he said, now I'm kind of working from the heart. He said, I don't see any need for anybody to be scared of me. I actually, I really want to, you know, vibrate at the energy of love. Mm. And so... He started going to this higher level of vibration and people were feeling it and his family is feeling it. And so what's happening is everything is working better. His family life is better. um, His business life is better. His culture is better and his revenue is better. Mm. And I'm, I'm, I'm having those kinds of transformations with business leaders all the time. Mm. 
What I find very interesting about that is I think there's a couple of things with that story. First of all, as you mentioned before the break, there is uh, the difference between leading with fear and leading from the heart, right? You know, leading with fear will lead to that uh, command and control style of leadership. And I think what is interesting is there's also the difference between leading with fear and leading with the heart is distance, I think, as well. Because leading with fear, like you mentioned, Tim was not talking to anyone. Like he wasn't communicating to his board. He wasn't communicating to his daughter, to his wife. And he was putting himself at such a distance because he thought that you had to. And I think that is a misconception where the more you get into a leadership position, the more you kind of feel like, okay, I've got to focus on all my on all my important things and I can't, uh, you know, I don't have the time to deal with all the little things and I have to distance myself and I have to be a leader, quote unquote. But actually, what it comes down to is actually if you just be a person, if you're just being a person and you're getting down to the ground and you're talking to people and you're communicating with people and closing that gap, right, and closing that distance, that's what leading from the heart is all about. And that's the whole doing the business by walking around, that sort of thing. It's about just closing that distance between what you think a leader should be and just actually leading. Well, you know, it, it, it may all, it may also be, I'll take it one step further because mm. I really like what you're saying, but it may also be about not being a leader because most leaders are working so hard to be leaders mm. that they have this kind of stereotypical definition of what a leader should be and what they actually really should be is the um, storyteller of the vision. And so I always believe that, you know, there's two characteristics I, I really help leaders to um, uh, to adopt and mm. to, you know, be a part of who they really are. And that is, number one, to be a great storyteller. The best leaders on this planet are storytellers. And what's the story about? The story is about, for the leader, the story is about their brand. The story is about, you know, because people want to belong to a story. People remember a story. I don't know whether you know any uh, anything about neuroscience, but the brain remembers with greater clarity and greater detail and faster an emotionally charged event. What's a great story? It's an emotionally charged event. And so great leaders are great storytellers and they know how to tell fresh stories around what their brand narrative is, what their brand story is. Great brands have got a great brand story that never change, never changes. And what's that? Well, that's the vision. That's the leader's vision and the organisational vision of the company. People belong to a story. They don't belong to the operations. And so... One of the great concerns that I have on the planet right now is that the vast majority of businesses are in the what and how. They're very functional, mm. operational businesses. They're very left-brain businesses. They're all about the profit. They're all about revenue. They're all about conversions. They're all about data. And so we live in a data-driven world that is heartless. And, you know, a, a great many leaders, you know, are literally hiding behind the data. Yeah. And so what they're doing is they're depriving their people of who they really are and why they're here. Mm. And people want to connect with people. And so the data is not people. You're just numbers, you're statistics. Yeah. I mean, how many customers do we get today? That's not heart-led businesses that are visionary. And so really I think what's happening in the world today now, um, Christine, delightfully, is that people are starting to wake up to this and starting to switch back to 
businesses that are about people. Businesses are about heart connection. Businesses are about, you know, an exchange of um, value and ideas. You know, this whole idea of co-creation, collaboration and cooperation is becoming the new paradigm of the way leaders really want to lead their businesses and, you know, families want to be together. Mm. And, and collectives want to be together. They want to be in this state not of fear and not of, you know, it's all about the numbers and it's all about, you know, monitoring me consistently for my level of productivity and my output. It's about creativity. It's about sharing of ideas. It's about collaborating. It's about co-cooperating. It's about, you know, how can we be more innovative? How can we share greater value um, internally and externally? And then, of course, charge a, charge a uh, price for it because I can tell you this is so rare now that people are pleased to pay a premium for this. Mm. And so, you know, this is how organisations actually do be of greater service to humanity, to their customers, and also have far greater profitability. Yes. It's a noble thing. This is noble leadership and it's conscious leadership and it's, you know, self-aware leadership. And so this is where I'm coming from. It's like, you know, you'll make a whole lot more money being this kind of leader than you will being that command and control tyrant. You know, that, 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 that era, that paradigm is over. And so let it go and let's move on now to being, you know, your authentic, true self, a real person that connects with real people. And when leaders do that, they actually stop being leaders and start being humans. Mm. Absolutely. Real humans and, and the human beings want to connect with human beings now more than ever. I mean, we've had enough of this kind of decades of isolation um, and attachment to te technology. We want to go back and, be, and you know, attach to people. Yeah. And organisations are collectives of people. They're nothing more, you know, with a shared vision, a shared purpose and a shared reason for being. And once they have that, they're the organisations that are actually going to be empowered to create a new and better world, Christine. Mm. And so I want to work with the leaders who are interested in doing that. That's a really, it's a beautiful thing to be that kind of leader. Fantastic. Well, unfortunately, that is about it for our conversation today. I think just to wrap up a few key takeaways from uh, the conversation that I've personally found. First of all, you need to align your inner values with your belief system. Second of all, numbers don't tell a story. People do. I think that sums up quite a lot of that. So thank you very much, Glenn, for speaking to me all about leadership and the BSI method today. It was a real pleasure, Christine. Thank you for the talk. You've been listening to Raise Your Game. I'm Christine Wong. And if you've missed any of today's conversation, you can, of course, download the app. And the app is available on the Apple App Store and Google Play. You can also head over to our website, bfm.my, to listen back to the podcast as well. This is BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.